0: You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Happy New Year, everyone. Chris Lopez here, and we have the December monthly market updates for Denver, Springs, and Pueblo. So we'll be talking kind of basically year over year since we're starting a new year. So this podcast, we have stats, we have about four or five deals to talk about, and as a pop quiz, one market went up over the year. One market was negative. Stay tuned to find <laughs> out which was what to pique the interest. So as usual, I got two of my co-hosts here, Preston Newberry and Jenny Bayless with Envision Advisors. Welcome back, guys. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year, Chris. Thanks for having us back. Hey,
0: yeah. Chris. Preston's up here really focused on Denver. Journey's down with Springs and Pueblo, as many of you know. And our new guest for this series is Bill Rodriguez with Cornerstone Lending. A lot of you have probably known him from some previous podcasts or have probably done a deal with him. He does a lot of our lending down in Southern Colorado and is doing more with our team and our group. Bill, happy new year and happy to have you on the podcast. Happy to be here, man. All right. So as we know before we go into here, we are in the process of kicking off two very big uh, events coming up this year, and they're around house hacking. We have a house hacking webinar series coming up, six webinars starting, I think, mid-February. We'll go through uh, core stuff for house hacking, update information. And then end of March, we have a summit coming up uh, for house hacking to come talk about it in person, have be more experiential, come do networking, come do workshops, come network. And so there's details about very soon. But as a heads up, those are coming out. All right, guys. So we'll jump into the stats for this first part of uh, this podcast. Jenny, what's going on down south?
2: All right. So I guess I'll be the spoiler now. Uh, Colorado Springs was the the one that ended the year over year at a negative. So that was kind of surprising to see. I wasn't expecting it to happen uh, this soon. I was kind of thinking it was going to start maybe next month, um, you know, into the spring, early summer for the year over year being negative. But we ended December at negative 2% from for median sales price, so that was kind of kind of interesting to see. Um, and then just in terms of you know other other stats, I think the best way to kind of to kind of summarize it is just you know I, it looks like the market is a, a little bit of a, a slowdown, a pause. New listings were significantly down, sales were down, active inventory was down. So it's just everyone was just kind of pressing pause um, on, on transactions uh, in December is, is my opinion on that.
0: So the negative two percent definitely surprised me. Yep. Um do you know the 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 average price point for Pueblo on how that performed year over year?
2: I don't. Their stats are a little uh, uh lagging, um, you know, in terms of that. So hopefully we'll we'll get a, a year roundup on, on them, maybe for next month.
0: Okay, because I'm curious because I, cause I I was surprised by the the negative two percent. But as you said all the other indicators kind of supported that story of, uh, just Mm -hmm. what the market ever hitting pause, right? Say I'm out for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that kind of comes with the, the lag that we typically see with the Colorado Springs and the Southern Colorado market from what we see in Denver, right? We kind of hit our pause, you know, five, six months ago, Springs was still moving along, you know, obviously things had slowed down, but they didn't get the abrupt, you know, kind of slap your face kind of thing that we had here in Denver. And I think that that finally kind of trickled down, down to the
2: springs.
0: Yep. So, I mean, to jump forward, Denver was up, what, 2% year-over-year, Preston? 2% year-over-year, yep. So going back with the analogy, you said, obviously, you know, Springs and Pueblo, and most markets are in Colorado, Wags, Den- Denver. Um, Denver's up. Springs is down.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and listings are up. Inventory's up. I think, you know... Hopefully we're through the worst of it. I think we're going to have a couple more months here. Things still being kind of slow, but as we roll into spring, um, you know, I think we'll kind of start, uh, start picking back up again. And I think we're, you know, really optimistic about that.
0: Okay. So in terms of like trends for real estate, uh, Denver's up 2%. Um, overall, kind of going from a high level, homes were a little bit closer to 0%. Condos over the year were up about 6%. I found that interesting,
1: I think a lot of that has to do with price points, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think you know as interest rates got higher and people's borrowing and, and buying ability got impacted by what they were able to afford. That's when we kind of started to see <clears throat> the change in more condo sales and their prices going up a little bit because we didn't have the the activity that we did, you know, in some of the single family stuffs at those price points.
0: So a couple other stats here, and we're going to uh, share a lot more detailed stats in the show notes. So we're not going to you know put you guys to sleep with stats. Check the show notes emails for all the the details. But one thing on the prices I want to talk about here in Denver is that CoreLogic found Denver prices went up about 45% from January 2020 to May 2022. So kind of that, you know, the peak COVID stuff. Prices peaked middle of 2022. Denver prices have dropped 5% then. Net, we are still about 40% just before COVID. That was <clears throat> just, that That's made
1: crazy. my jaw drop. Yeah. I mean, right. there, there's a lot to talk about there and kind of unpack. We don't have to necessarily go into all of it, but I think that there's a lot of uh, <coughs> a lot of wealth and equity that's been built through that period of time.
0: And I think the the kind of like taking more to tactical standpoint is it kind of shows that the uh, the appreciation party is over. Uh, you know, yep. a lot of people say I'm holding on the pro- I'm holding on this property or these properties because I am going to capture appreciation. Great, I get it. Appreciation party is over up and down the front range. Mm-hmm. I mean, prices. I don't think will drop off a cliff. They'll probably be slightly negative, like spring, slightly up, like ours this year. I think kind
1: of be, you know, flat, a little bit up, a little bit down. I, I think it's just going kind to of, kind of, you know, status quo for a little while.
0: And so you're saying a lot of the, the indicators for Denver. I mean, a lot of the current stuff supports that very, you know, flat price increase year year. Just days of markets increased, all that stuff but you're seeing some very recent indicators you're seeing overall at-
1: activities picking up right now in Denver? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, going back to, you know, that time period of COVID, we now have 85% of the mortgages in place are under 5%. So I think that, you know, all these people that have held onto their properties, now now is going to be the sticking time of trying to get them motivated to, to sell that. And that's what we're seeing right now is, you know, obviously inventory is coming up, but it's not coming up at, you know, levels that we would expect.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, inventory is still incredibly,
1: incredibly low. Like- I mean, we total active listings as of one one was forty seven fifty. Our last normal time in twenty nineteen, we still had over five thousand active listings on the market. So yeah, we've seen a two hundred and twenty percent increase since December of twenty one to December of twenty two in listings, but it's still not enough. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and also we were just so constrained in inventory and listings a year ago that that's why we see those crazy numbers. All right, so check out the uh, website for a lot more detailed stats, but that's the high level. I mean, at this point, price kind of sets the trends in my perspective. Absolutely. But this is local. We got Bill with Cornerstone here. Bill the lender with Cornerstone. And obviously, rates are national. Yeah. Bill, I see you brought your crystal ball. You got some data, some predictions for us. Yeah. Tell us what's going on in the mortgage world and some national trends.
3: Well, I mean... I. You know, it's it's really interesting because Fannie and Freddie, they came out with their forecast and they were they missed the mark entirely. I mean, they basically said in October of last year that rates were going to be at four and a half by December 2022. Obviously, we missed the boat on that one. Yeah, (laughs) we did. Um, But, you know, now I mean, I. If you look at where we are in the market and you sort of tra- track, you know, a 40-year history of the bond market and you look at where we're positioned coming into, I'll put air quotes up, uh, recession because we haven't announced it yet, yep. um, we're right where we should be. And when I say that, typically, when you announce a recession, rates start to fall in lockstep with that. And the Fed's monetary policy has really been trying to pump the brakes on the economy to get things in line so that things can come down. And we just haven't seen the job numbers cooperate with that. But CPI, core price inflation, is going to come out this week. Year over year should be lower. So we're expecting to see rates start to trend January, February, downward.
0: Do you think that soon they'll start turning downward?
3: We're gonna. I mean, so at the end of the year, so when you start tracking the ten-year Treasury and interest rates, typically they're anywhere from 185 basis points to 200 basis points spread apart. And at the end of the year, fourth quarter, we got up to 300 basis points, and then November, December, we started to see about a 200 basis point mm-hmm. improvement. We lost a little bit of that in the last weeks of December, mostly because traders go on vacation, market gets a little bit more volatile, right? (laughs) And so we lost a little bit of, of that, but we got some of it back this week. And I think that's in preparation for these lower CPI numbers year over year. So- we start to see these signals. We start to get a little bit of relief. I mean, any relief would make a big Anything difference. Anything would help,
1: right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, I think the, the new numbers in terms of the talking heads, I'm going to be in a forum this week with uh, the mortgage bankers association next week um, with uh, the chief economist from Freddie Mac getting their insight. So hopefully maybe next month will have a better indication on where things are going. Um, But um, they've backed off a little bit to say the mid fours now saying the fives. But again, anything helps. Yep. And I think right now, if you're talking about, you know, the activity that's going on, a lot of people in the conversations that we're having is helping clients manage their payment in the interim. It's very rare in you know, market cycles like these, where you can actually predict where rates are going to go. And we know at some point they're going to come down. I
0: right. love it. You're making a prediction. We know at some point, <laughs> we just don't know down. when we don't know when, <laughs> Yep.
3: <laughs> but, but so we can what, proactively have conversations. Yeah. What does that mean for buyers right now? Well, I mean, and I think you guys are probably seeing it too in the street. It's like, you know, um, a lot of times, um, we're looking at, uh, temporary buy downs. We're looking at permanent buy downs and we're having these different types of conversations about helping, uh, our clients manage their payment in the interim. You know, they have a window where if they can stomach the payment and it, and the numbers work and they're still working, then, um, you're going to better your situation in the future. So, you know, whether that's having the seller pay points and fees on the buyer's behalf to have it make sense or having them take a little bit higher rate, knowing that in the future, they're going to refinance and better their strategic position in that property. That's kind of where we're laying it out there.
1: And are you seeing that a lot of buyers are kind of okay with this and understanding this or is it taking a lot of education on your side from the lender you know to well, kind of help we're dusting out this, some this of these
3: i mean buy downs we haven't talked about buy downs in i don't know eight years <laughs> nine years <laughs> yeah. so you know because rates have been so low artificially for so long so you know it's bringing people uh, particularly dusting arms off i mean let's talk about the millennial and gen y as you say arm and they're like you know <laughs> They freeze up and it's, it. so you have to educate them, I think, to yep. understand what that means and that there's a fixed rate period. Uh, and then you're spending a little time helping them understand and, uh, the listing agent saying, Hey, our buyer's qualified and we want to make this house a little bit more affordable.
1: And I think it's brought back the team aspect of getting a real estate deal done again. Right. Because Absolutely. You have to get the seller to cooperate. You have to get the buyers educated and understand what they're doing. And the lender's got to be involved.
3: Yep, and, and then the now. listing agent just throwing to sell operators. their their seller on the whole thing to put it all together, absolutely, in a nice neat bow, right, and get to the closing table.
0: I got a question for you, Bill. I know uh, recently Cornerstone uh, bought a bank, convert mm-hmm. to bank. I'm not sure the correct terminology, but now now you're a bank, Colorado
3: Capital. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, do you guys have do you offer arms now? Is that part of like the lending? We do. We just we have? just
3: we just launched another. Uh, Portfolio um, arm. We this it's interesting. We didn't actually realize how much demand there was for arms, and we did an offering that we thought was going to last based upon what we had done in our Seattle region. Um, We offered uh, eighty million in in arms, and it was in eighteen hours we were up to one hundred and twenty million booked.
0: So wait with that. When you say eighty million offer, that means hey, loan officers, you get in this region. Go throw go, it go out. Fund the loans. Go go find people
1: where and this was makes over sense. Overfunded
0: in eighteen hours. Eighteen hours
1: for That's what? Crazy! Wow. What kind, of, what kind of arm was it? Can you tell us a little? Five about six. It? Okay.
3: Five six arm. Yeah. We had a five six. Arm. And this
1: was and it
3: last was it was in the mid fives. That's what made it super hot. Yep. And at the time they rolled it out, it was I think it was early November. Late, maybe it was late October.
0: It's like what a two point spread for investors. Oh
3: my, yeah. Well, that was only owner occupied. That was was, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but and that was even what was crazier. So that was people who were either under contract or they had a new build closing in proximity, right? And gone.
1: Wow, that's impressive.
0: Yeah. So the way the cornerstone bank looks at us, hey, we got this allotment. Let's well, go so, fund it and then figure yeah, out another offering or, or portfolio position. So
3: portfolio in a bank, it means that, you know, banks have to bring in deposits in order to lend money. Mm. So we can lend a certain percentage of what we have on deposit. Because we're a virtual bank and our rates of return are higher, we're actually bringing in deposits. Um, I don't know if it's still at this number, but about $40 million a week from other banks who are placing their money co- with us because our rates of return are higher. So as soon as we stack up some more cash, then we roll out another.
0: Mm, okay. That, that makes sense. That connects a few dots for me. Yeah, Thank yep. you. Yeah. Um, so I want to kind of shift over to a handful of deals because we covered some trends. Uh, again, if you want more details in the show notes or reach out to us, we got a bunch of details on stats, but you guys got the important stuff. We got a handful of deals here that we're gonna walk through from a very high level to show that what type of deals are making sense and that deals are still happening in the marketplace. In no particular order, I know you and I uh, copied yesterday, Bill. You and Jenny, or maybe you and Leah. Yes, yeah, uh, Okay, so you you closed the loan. Leah closed the property. It was a house hack in Woodland Park, which mm-hmm. is you know outside of Colorado Springs. Give us the rough numbers on there of the of the property and just the the house hacker situation? Because that, that was a house hacker, right?
3: Yeah, he was uh, four bedrooms and he was at uh, six and five eights. 28.66 was the principal and interest taxes, insurance. And he is living there for $366 a month on the rent by room strategy.
0: All right, so even at kind of like probably the upper end of being at the top of the mortgage rates mm-hmm. is what we think. Right. Six and five eights. Bought a house act. This was December.
3: Uh, he
0: or closed
3: October thirty first, and we're first of November somewhere in there.
0: So early November he closed, bought the property. Number still makes sense. He's living for three three hundred change a month. Yeah. Okay. And is his intent then to refi at some point, or do you know? Or just well, we depends? just had his.
3: We just had his consultation actually yesterday or Sunday, um, and we talked about with his situation, he needs to, um, file returns. So we're sort of reviewing that with him and making sure that, uh, uh we're creating some more cash flow around the businesses that he
0: has. And just to uh, the intervention, so he, he's self-employed. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this. Cause this was a, a very great point for self-employed people. Keep in mind as mm-hmm. tax season is unfortunately here. Um, <laughs> Talk about because self employment and loans is kind of like oil and water. At many times can be don't, I mean, don't uh, always mix well together. Your, but
3: your CPA is there to help you take advantage of the code, and and we're trying to squeeze every cent out of a paycheck or your P and L and balance sheet. So it, by nature, the two financial service professionals are kind of in opposition. But we you know, work with folks on the front end, particularly right around now, to be proactive and find out what it is that they're trying to accomplish this year. Yeah. And then, like, you know, work with their financial professionals to say, okay,
1: basically Here's upon, what we're trying to achieve over here. Can you help us make yeah, that happen, I'll, right? <laughs> you know,
3: and can we, you know, some of this, are we able to push it off? Or what What are the tax costs We're not experts in that area, but we work with them to understand what we can do and what makes sense. And they are you know, showing the adequate amount of income that they need without paying too much in taxes. That's more, that's the balance we're trying to strike.
0: Yeah. And and that's something I think it's very important to highlight since many of our listeners and investors are self-employed, Yep. you know, as investors or a lot of real estate agents are in the same boat as well. Mm -hmm. Um, This time to talk to you or their lender they work with to figure things out, whether you're buying quarter one or quarter four this year. Your tax returns are going to impact you anytime Absolutely. in 2023 mm-hmm. and probably 2024 as well. Because yep. as Bill said, on the tax side, hey, write off as much as possible, save taxes, you know. But the flip side there is you want a loan, they say, Oh, well, you reported X amount of dollars on your on your tax returns. You don't qualify for a loan. And so there's that that balance, or you know,
3: your lifestyle says play. 150K, but your tax return says 20. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so but, there's something
1: in the middle here. <laughs> yeah,
0: <that's right. laughs> so keep that in mind when out there, because if you are self-employed, yeah. meaning a non-W-2, or you might be making a W two to self-employed transition this year, talk with Bill, talk with lend- your lender, talk through CPA because you want to have that conversation now before we file the taxes. Mm-hmm. I do it every year. And the first couple of years, I I did not execute well, and it bit me in the ass. And now I've learned, hey, I'm not going to do that anymore. Let me talk with my team, my lender, my CPA to figure out how do I want to pull these pull and push these levers. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So obviously, do that. Um, we'll make sure Bill's contact details are in there because self employment is kind of one of the niches you've carved out.
3: Yeah, for lack yeah. Of better words. Yeah, yeah, and we, you know, we'll do it with under two years yeah. we're one of the only-
0: Well, you have some creative stuff too, yeah. or creative. I mean, you've got some ways to really help. Like I've seen from a lot of lenders I've talked with, you have a lot more products and experience with self-employed people than the average lender out there. Yeah, for sure. Is that a fair way to say it? Yeah,
3: absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So house hacking still works. A few weeks ago, we also did a house hacking webinar with uh, Jeff White and Ben Einspar, more Denver focused. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Numbers are working. Um, so don't get too scared of that if you're house hacking. Now we know a lot of our investors are not house hacking, uh, and Jenny, you had mentioned right before this podcast. I think you said your words were two minutes before I got this podcast. Leah got something under contact and under contract in Pueblo. What was that?
2: Yeah, so she got a bird deal under contract. So I, th- I kind of think that this year is you know kind of year of the bird, year of Pueblo. Um, I think it has a lot going for it. Of course, <clears throat> I think that. The environment is making Burr a little bit more difficult back from, I guess, maybe when I had it easier when I was doing the Burr strategy, because you have this, I mean, volatile interest rates, you have absolutely no idea really what your takeout finance is is going to be, you know, so that's, that's one thing to be, you know, weary of and and mindful of. Um, And I think also kind of um, appraisal values since, you know, we're seeing kind of the prices fluctuate too. We don't know what your, you know, ARV is going to come out at. You might think it's X, but it might be Y, um, you know, 180 days from now so just you know kind of keep that in mind as you're underwriting your properties but yeah she got um, a, 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 a her client a mid100s and she believes that the ARV is going to be in the low threes um high twos you know on the on the safe end of things um and it's zoned and it has some outbuildings that will uh, allow for uh, a duplex. Situation. So I'm really excited to see how this one plays out. I think it's going to be a home run, um, you know, assuming that they're able to manage their costs uh, pretty well. So,
0: and it sounds like this property has a couple factors like, hey, there's the bird potential, but there's some upside or value add based on the uh, other structures on there for c- making AD or duplex, right?
2: Exactly. So you like, got options Leo here. went. Yeah, she went into it thinking um, like that they would change the main building into a duplex um, because it it would be appropriate for that. But um, I also told her to explore changing the outbuilding into the second unit, um, you know, depending on the utility situation, just because it was there and that might be able to kind of raise the return, uh, all around on that. So I- I'm very curious to see how, what the clients end up doing. Um, they have different options, um, different exit strategies too. So that's important. Um, if everything kind of goes South on that, which I don't think it will, but you know, it's just important to bake that in.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's yep. one of the, um, I mean, the opportunity shifts to for, you know, burrs are more high potential here in Colorado but the takeout mm-hmm. financing, like that's been like the wild card. That's for the me. wild card, yep. But we got Bill's crystal ball here, along with another crystal ball. <laughs> hey, rates drop. I mean, if you get, if you're up for some interest rate risk, I mean, that could like time some things really, really well. That could make for a really nice property. Do you know, Jenny? Are they doing the takedown financing, hard money, HELOC, cash, some other? Yes. Yeah, so
2: I was furiously texting Leah prior to, <laughs> to going live. Um, they're doing a construction loan. Oh, cool. With a community bank. Yeah. So,
1: so will they lock the rate for their takeout financing with the construction? loan? I don't
2: know. I need to ask her what they're doing. I think they're going to try to go conventional, but uh, there's probably some things with the house that it won't appraise for um, at this point. So I think they might have to go the conventional loan, but I don't, I don't know how they're going to, how they're going to do their takeout financing on that.
0: But Preston, what are the construction rate interest rates right now? I know you, can you play in that space?
1: Uh, I haven't looked since the first of the year, uh, but it's still going to be somewhere around seven and a half-ish. Mm-hmm. Do, you guys, do you guys do construction loans, Bill? Yeah, we do. Yeah.
3: We're rolling out our construction product. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
3: And we're going to have a one-time and um, two-time close. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, <clears throat> construction loan, do you, is that, do you guys also do like like bridge financing or kind of like hard money-esque financing for these types of deals? Or We do bridge. Okay. We
3: don't do the hard money. But yeah, we'll we'll do bridge financing. We're rolling out a HELOC, we're rolling out all those products.
0: Cool. And that can also probably be more seamless to wrap in the takeout financing, more permanent stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Package it all up
1: into one little thing. Yeah, no, I'm really curious
0: now. <laughs> I mean, since great. you guys converted been, to the bank, like yeah. I haven't I know the details. I'm really curious to hear about Yeah, they roll the out. It takes it takes work.
3: a while. We bought a really small bank in rural Texas. So and you know, we're a $19, $20 billion dollar mortgage bank. So it's taken some time to get their systems able to
0: handle the volume that we're bringing, but we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> good, good growing pains to yeah, have. Absolutely. Like. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, moving on to some other deals here. Preston, you mentioned earlier a very unique and high end house hack here in Denver Metro.
1: Yeah. Uh, that one, we own our contract. What's the one of our agents uh, worked with one of our clients to get under contract on like over a million and a half dollar new build. Uh, with a separate ADU in the backyard in Denver, which one, I was really surprised to see somebody actually was able to get one completed and built in Denver. Was it uh, Highland? Uh, no, it's, uh, like North Highland. Okay. Yeah. Um, but brand new build main house is uh three bed, one bath. And then, uh, the ADU is actually over the garage. So they have an oversized garage with an ADU, all high end finishes, one bed, one bath up there. Um, and I had a chance to go walk that the other day and I was really impressed. And they're doing like a high end house hack in here, right? Yeah. They're going to, I think they're going to do possibly short term rental with ADU um, and kind of see how that goes. But um, yeah, I was just really impressed to see somebody actually got one built and they did a really good job with the high end finishes and like made it a nice place.
0: Yeah. One of the, I mean, a couple dozen ADUs built this year in in Denver. Right. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that, but that's cool to see. And that's one of like, you know, a a much more, you know, niche type investment products, a high end house hack. But we, we do quite a few of those every year. And it's really interesting because it's, you know, you you hit this point as prices go up where you know, rents don't make any sense. You hit this like, I guess, the luxury or premium market and the house hack. And especially when you get to like the short term, medium term rentals. The income all of a sudden just like exponentially jumps up and, and there's especially a very with interesting location, break point. location, right? Yeah. I mean, those
1: are so location based. They want to be close to the hot spots in town. And um, I think there's some really good opportunity there for that. So mm-hmm. I was just excited to see somebody actually going in on a high-end luxury house hack. So
0: and so I assume that must be like a jumbo loan takedown. It has to be.
1: Yeah, yeah it would have to
0: be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys do jumbo loans too? Of course. Okay. Cool. I'm I'm <laughs> learning That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. So high-end house hack. And this is more just a general trend. I can't, uh, we won't go into specific deals, but I mean, we have a bunch of clients, a lot here in Denver that are are in the various stages of doing basically like a fixing list, which is where we've talked about this a lot during the PAM 2.0 series, where a lot of people, you know, bought rentals four, five, six, seven, eight years ago, have ridden the amazing, amazing appreciation wave, but now they've got a, you know, three to three and a half cap mm-hmm. property, Half million dollars plus in equity. Um, so not a great rental now, but they're in the process of you know running the numbers and starting to like figure out the tenant exit strategy, figure out the updates and getting in, in line to list for this spring or list for next spring to kind of time the market. But we have a lot of clients like gearing up for that. Some are doing 1031 exchanges, some are just taking the money off the table and investing in other assets or stocks or other markets. But that's actually a very interesting trend that's picked up a lot. And that just kind of comes down to numbers and trends.
1: I think it has a lot to do with the market situation right now, right? I mean, for the last two and a half years, you could put anything on the market and it would sell. And now, cool, you got to have a little bit of a different perspective. Like, hey, I want to sell this property. I know the market's changed. What do I need to do to get my highest and best dollar out of it? And what makes the most sense? And I think we're going to see that continue for for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. And with... Uh... Moving on with the deals uh, notes here, uh, some I'll say fun. You know, three months ago we picked up, or uh, we kind of reinvigorated our our deals email list, um, and so we got that going out there. If anyone wants to go out there and join that email list, it's in the show notes or email list. What we do is uh, once a week we're sending out an email with two, three, four properties, some off market. Someone some with investors MLS. that are pre-listing, some MLS, where you just see unique deals and deals that we like. Uh check it out. We've actually put together there already a couple deals off of that, lots of interest. So if you want to look at something, happy to get you on that list. And also something that's popped up as well. A lot of agents and investors have reached out to us to see if we can help market their properties through that channel. We're happy to, of course, because we have the distribution there. Reach out as well. But like uh Jenny talked about this being maybe the year of some you know bird deals coming back in fashion. I also agree with just more about actually having deal flow will come back in fashion this year. Mm -hmm. And so we're very, putting a lot of energy into that. So make sure you join our deals list and participate Uh, a couple other trends here. And this is something that, uh, Bill and Jenny and I started talking about two or three months ago and I found fascinating, but Bill you're doing was called some forward commitments, I believe. Right. With some, some builders talk about that. That's kind of our, our
3: secret sauce. So, you know, um, Cornerstone has come up with sort of a proprietary blend of um, being able to work with builders. The biggest problem with these builders is they have a bunch of inventory coming out of the ground. They got stalled out because of interest rates, because they were priced wherever they were priced. And, you know, now they're four to $900 more a month. And it's just the buying pool is cooled off. Yep. But they're sitting there <clears throat> built with all these carry costs.
1: Which are not cheap. (laughs) Yeah, inability to sell,
3: right? So what we're doing is we're having these builders pay up front to buy down the rate and offering uh, the ability to market for a period of time, 90, 120 days on average, um, uh, interest rates that are significantly below market, like in the fours, mid to low fours. So there's some opportunities I think out there right now in um, where we would love to be able to get those out to your guys and stuff. Cause we have stuff locally here in Denver. We have stuff up North. We have stuff down South um, that
0: can you send us the list for those projects so we can keep
3: absolutely. it on for, and, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and they've been, they've been so successful that um, um, all of our builders are, are moving towards this. In fact, we're getting inbound calls now worth, builders we haven't even worked with that are just like, Hey, I heard you guys have this platform that allows us to do it. Um, and it's really, really unique opportunity to get something that is like a unicorn. It doesn't exist anywhere <laughs> else in the market, yep. <laughs> you know? So,
0: so I, pretty cool. I definitely, I mean, like we, we started talking about that. Um, I think it's a really cool opportunity in the marketplace right now. So I got uh, two questions on the new boat communities. yeah, yeah. what, how does that, because those are owner-occupant rates, I believe. Correct, yeah. And, you know, so for, so most of our occupants are house hackers. Yeah, yeah. So it worked for them. Are there any type of those forward commitments for investors coming into new builds? Or how's that work?
3: Well, so we, we haven't been able to quite figure that out yet because you're running into, we may be able to do it for a pool for um, investors. It just depends on the product. Uh, we have, it, and it depends on the builder. I would cer- certainly say some of the stuff that we have in, in, in Pueblo, because it's lower-end townhomes attached, um, you know, and they build them four at a time attached, that they could buy a block, and we would consider that. But a lot of it's really for owner-occupied only. The, the biggest issue that you run into is the caps, because um, every um, uh, loan type has a specific max contribution that all interested parties can make to the buyer in helping them cover costs. And investors are just capped. It. They're capped at 2%. Yep. And so that's what makes it really, really difficult because, you know, Fannie and, and Freddie, with all of their um loan level adjustments, they're pricing that cost up front in inside the loan. So inside that's why loan, those investor yeah. loans are, they're just... You have to pay more. There's no par rate right now.
0: So in one of these uh half a dozen new builds where you have a four commitment with, mm-hmm. uh Preston takes a house hacker there. They can get, you know, rates in the fours, low mm-hmm. fives, you mm-hmm. know, type range. Yeah. Uh Jenin takes an investor client there. Are they just is there any benefit or are they just getting the par interest rate for investment loans at that same complex?
3: Again, it depends on the I mean, certainly we would look at something. In pueblo versus the stuff that with like we're doing, True Mark's one of our builders in there in Windsor. They have beautiful, okay, property, beautiful semi-custom stuff. That's seven. I've heard really
1: good things about them.
3: To one and a half million on even on acreage, and beautiful stuff. Um, that probably is not going to be ideal, right? <laughs> but like the um, there's also Hartford Homes, which is another one of our builders. They have. Um, Condos, twelve hundred square foot condos that are awesome, priced at 370 to 380. How
0: and, many bedrooms?
3: Uh two and a half. Hmm. So it's one of them's like a office.
0: office. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Cool stuff beautiful stuff. Um, where that could work. But yeah, I mean you if you're looking at it, I, I would say they'll probably do a two percent contribution towards cost or something like that for an investor to help buy down that rate. And, yeah
1: which Make is what they're work. maxed out at anyways. Right, it's what so. they're
3: maxed out at. So, so
0: get, get something, but we, not we quite do, We would
3: do whatever we can.
0: Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. So kind of second part of this question, and Preston, Jenny, we've talked about a lot this on the podcast last year where when the market you know, was super tight and you know, buyers were just competing with each other, the vast majority of builders and new development projects just said no to investors. I believe <laughs> that tune has changed. I mean, I, I'm on some list. You guys are a lot more plugged than I am. What's the what's the the update
1: on there with uh, developers? The update from that is bring us any offers you can. So we open need to arms? Sell our houses. Yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> they've changed
0: their team.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Okay. big> time.
0: <laughs> so just the whole industry. Just hey, cool, we're open. To yeah, everyone I out. mean,
1: I don't know specifically from builder to builder, but I just know they're marketing anything and everything they can. And and the builders I have talked to are like, oh yeah, no, we'll take investors. Like, no, not, not a problem. Yet. So yeah. are you seeing and the same s- things, same
2: things? with? Yeah, same. And then also um, some of the developments that you know we've we've had clients buy in they're limited um, per person, and that's that's thrown out the window now too.
0: Cool. Yep. Well, that's good, especially for uh, a lot of people who are selling properties. That might be a good ten thirty one up leg option. Because, you there's know, the, a lot of inventory
1: sitting around. Yeah, right now.
0: The, the new inventory, a lot of investors are like, hey, I want to go a little easier. And, you know, and I fall in this camp now, too, Is I'm, <laughs> yep. I'm gravitating much more towards newer stuff personally, just for ease of stuff, even still a lower return. But I like that play, too, is where, hey, if, if builders are taking that, there's some trade-up options there. Absolutely. All right. So let's see. We talked self Employment taxes. We got uh, some questions here. Oh, one trend I'm curious, Bill, for you, because for the last couple of years, we have a lot of house hackers. This is very nuanced. A lot of house hackers doing some like prepaying PMI for mm-hmm. mortgage insurance. Yeah. As rates have jumped up, have you seen a difference in people paying prepaying PMI? Is it the same, less, or more? You know? it's,
3: it's on a deal by deal. So I've got one right now where, um, this guy is relocating from Fort Morgan. He got a job in Longmont and he wants to live close enough to commute. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's pushing his qualifying power because he works at Smuckers, right? And Smuckers is a great job, but it's on that lower pay scale. Mm-hmm. And so he's stretching stuff a little bit. And I think it really depends on who pays it, right? If you can get the seller to pay that on your behalf, great. But and, and the reason I say that is because if, if, if you're looking to prepay and not have the seller do it, in my opinion, then you might be throwing some mon- good money after bad because you're going to refinance anyway.
1: That, that's what I did on my deal when I closed on my new primary back in October. I was kind of sitting down looking at all the options and looking at it. I was like, cool, you know, mortgage insurance is going to be 180 bucks a month or whatever, mm-hmm. or it's going to cost me $12,000 to pay it up front. I know I'm going to refinance this property or at least 99%, sure, right? Unless the world changes its tune again. But to me, it didn't make any sense. There there was no net gain there for me to prepay the mortgage insurance. I'll just pay it every month for a year or year and a half, refinance. Yeah, and the cost and I'm money is ahead, less. Right? Yeah, so,
3: no, the cost is so much less. So it depends on who pays it.
0: Yeah. Well, even I was thinking, because, uh, you know, for years I was a big fan of praying, you know, Prepaying PMI for yeah. numerous reasons. Mm-hmm. Now with hey, if rates are gonna drop in, you know, six months to 18 months and refinance, that's not a good use of money. No, generally nope. speaking. Now, some situations like say, if that makes the qualifying difference, absolutely get the deal done.
3: Yeah, and he's stretching to the top end, but in, in those cases we're we're asking the seller to cover that for us as a concession, you know, and it's two percent to the seller, makes his numbers work. The seller gets the traffic that they weren't getting before, and everybody wins.
0: So in those deals, it sounds like you're just saying, hey, t- to make all the numbers work and kind of find that sweet spot between underwriting, payment, what we can do in terms DTI, of all that, all that, all that. You're like, in- hey, this 2%, 3%, hey, we're going to put the PMI. Hey, this will do a rate buy down. This will do 2-1. You're just you're taking out the scalpel and just really getting detailed on Customizing
3: it. You got to. Wow. Right? Yep. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like whatever... Let's make a deal, whatever it takes, you know, (laughs) whatever it
0: takes. I feel like you got some game show (laughs) hosts coming out there in you, Bill. We uh, might do a new series with you here.
1: Um, There's more. That's right.
0: (laughs) Cool. Well, I'm going through my checklist here, guys. I hit on the topics and questions I wanted to, but I want to end up with the roundtable. Bill, Preston, Jenny, any final thoughts, questions, debate topics you want to throw out to the panel here?
1: I mean, I just want to say, and we've talked about it a lot. There's still a lot of opportunity out there. Again, don't get freaked out by the interest rate side of things. There's plenty of options and ways to work around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we're, you know, starting to see, you know, people really understand that, and they've got a good team around them, and that's what it takes right now. You got to have the right people in the right place to get a deal done. And uh, I think that there's going to be a lot of stuff coming up uh, here in the spring.
3: Yeah, also, strategy makes the difference. Yep. Right now, strategy makes the difference.
0: Jenny.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of excited to see um, the potential like deals that like the fun stuff um, that you have to, you know, be creative on and and see what you can squeeze out of, out of a property are going to come up. Cause um, like I mentioned, you know, we're seeing, seeing more and more people do birds in Pueblo. I'm seeing some really cool wholesale deals come out. Um, So it kind of gets me excited. It's like, you know, back when uh, a few years ago when we were doing the creative stuff. So
0: Yeah. Deal making for 2023. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much. Another fun podcast. Happy to kick off 2023, doing the podcast with everyone. Enjoy it. Uh, This was a solid one. All the numbers in the show notes. If you guys want to get to our deals list, email out to us. Great tip. Talk to Bill or your lender and your CPA, if you're self-employed, to figure out the tax lending game you guys have any questions on strategy deals, reach out to us. We love uh, talking real estate and here to help you out. So thanks everyone. Happy new year.
1: Thanks, Chris. Happy new year. Thank
2: you. Thanks everyone.